You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me, as always, my co-host, Lacey Finley. Happy Monday. I hope you're staying warm. Yeah, well, it's it's not that cold here. I know it's deathly cold where you're at. Yeah, it's to the point now where it doesn't even matter to take take the temperature. It's like once it's negative zero anything, can I tell Mm -hmm. anymore? I don't know. (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) I mean, you just step out and you're like, ah! Yeah, <laughs> my eye, my eyeballs yeah. have instantly frozen. I think that's a stay inside kind of day. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then I, I mean, I guess everyone hungover, maybe from Super Bowl two. I don't know if you yeah. had your own parties or celebratory by yourself or a Zoom Super Bowl party. Whatever we're doing these days. See, if I had gotten out yesterday at any point in time, like the only thing I did yesterday is just ran down to the local dump and back just to drop some stuff off, and that was about it. Uh, my wife actually went out, and then she mm-hmm. calls me a few hours later. She's like, I'm trying to get home. It's just so crazy out. And I was like, you do realize there's a Super Bowl tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, that's why it's so crazy. I forgot, if I'm being honest. Well, do we... <laughs> Do you watch I don't football? run in those circles. Exactly. Yeah. I don't run in those circles, so I don't have friends. And with me not working in the restaurant or anything anymore, that was usually because all the people were doing their football uh, polls or whatever mm-hmm. among the employees and all that kind of stuff. So I don't hear about it, fantasy football and stuff all the time like I did. And it, I couldn't even tell you who was in it until no. I think like <laughs> I heard night when I was watching some TV. Some comedian was making a joke or like a Jimmy – Kimmel or a Fallon or whatever the hell I was watching. Mm-hmm. No, it's that's that's kind of where I'm at too. I, I find out about the Super Bowl through people at work, and you just hear them talking about, yeah, the Super Bowl's coming up this Sunday, and I'm like, oh, is that this week? Yeah. And then what's interesting about it is I heard, well, Tom Brady's got it this year, and I'm like, again? I know. Haven't you been I, talking about him for ten years now? He's being like in the now Super Bowl, a relic within the system. He he's never going anywhere. Yeah, it's just it. I'm again. There, there's probably something else in there that I just don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't follow football. Somebody I said, "Well, feel he's not like playing." He's been around. Well, the shelf life has been much longer than most people with his mm-hmm. career, for sure. The, someone, <laughs> you know? someone was saying that. Well, he's not playing with this team. It's this team, and I was like, I "So think he's in Florida now." Okay, so this will be fun. You guys okay. tell us how how far off the mark we are. I want to say because like the joke that was told last night was uh, about shipping them to Tampa, mm-hmm. and and I don't remember the whole joke as you could tell. The joke <laughs> was something about people said they were going to sit around and watch the Super Bowl with inflatable people or whatever, <laughs> like okay. just to feel like they've got people at the house, and then Tom Brady would deflate them. Uh, uh, that was the joke. 
I so got it. that's what I heard. I'm like, oh, he's still playing, playing the sports ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. As I was hearing that joke. So that was. And womp, yes. Womp womp. We, we do get the deflatable thing. Cause that was beyond right. football. That became a, a big story. And it was yeah. like, deflate, deflate gate, gate. Deflate <laughs> gate. And it was like, oh, what is this? And then you look into it. It's like, I don't really care. But it's fine. <laughs> That's true. But but, but we I mean, connect you should, I guess. But for those who are into it, fine. Yeah, I get it. You know. If you lost money in it, then sure. <laughs> sure that, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, whatever. Uh, sports ball. Enjoy. Sports ball. So I, I, hope, I hope it was fun and you did it safely, at least. And, and most people may be working from home, so you didn't really have to worry about calling in sick. You could still wear your jammies and your jerseys and the food mm-hmm. on your face, whatever. I guess what I'm hoping for is that um, we don't see COVID spikes. Mm-hmm. Just, right. just saying. You know, if we can go after the Super Bowl for at least two weeks, and it's like, huh, there wasn't a spike. Good. good. Yeah. Good. Good for everybody who had your party and did it smart and safe. And but did it well, yeah. This is America. <laughs> right. I, for I'm you. not giving them that much credit. Nope. Uh, what do I want to talk about this week? Before we get into all the okay, so quick, I, w- I want to touch on. Well, let me let me breeze through some quickies first, uh-huh. and then we'll get into the meat. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I don't know if we've mentioned it here or not. Um, verbal. Yes. Which is this? I think we started to, but didn't really get into ah, it. Okay. I just wanted to gloss it over real quick. So verbal is yet another platform. We probably mentioned it at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had. <clears throat> I've had several of these kind of approaching me here lately. It was like, hey, check out our site. Look what we could do for you. And I'm like, yeah, but I already kind of have a site. Sure. You know? mm-hmm. And then this one, I'll just, I'll leave names out of it for now, unless I, I have a reason. Uh, it was just like, hey, look at look at this site I built for your podcast. Like it? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. I guess. I mean, it's, it's neat, I guess. And it's like, cool. Five bucks. I'm like, nah. No, nah. <laughs> no. Which I mean is is not unreasonable. No, it's not unreasonable. But again, I'm already paying for eh, what right, I got. You've already got one, so yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't need yours. But thank right. you. But you're not doing anything, you know, astounding. Where I'm like, oh my god, this is just the greatest. I will right. gladly pay you the extra five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't going to do it. But verbal came along and it was like, hey, we're you know we we integrate everything with the RSS feeds. Just like every other podcast does, where you can get it out there into the the zeitgeist, if you will, of podcasting, mm-hmm. and it kind of creates a nice little site for your. Yeah, I, it I looks guess just nice. another target point, and yeah. I can actually go in there and kind of tweak some of the stuff and edit it um, to where it looks like yet another site for mm-hmm. Super Crash Brothers Turbo. And it looks a little bit more like the pod or the pod bean site to where you have the individual icons and everything's laid out. Plus, it's allowing me to to take snippets and, and throw it out there if I wanted to, which that would be kind of cool. You know, if I'm trying yeah. to, to lure people in. Sure. <laughs> like, Come get your super mega crack. It's a little, it's a little tidbit. Yeah. But I guess I have to remember some good bits because <laughs> I was listening to it. I was like, I know we did something with voices uh, a few episodes back. And I was like, ooh, where's that? And I was looking for it. And I was like, I can't find it. It's uh, the problem uh, when you do too much tomfoolery. Yeah. Can't remember. <laughs> so 
I guess I'm going to have to start making notes and then I can just snip yeah. them out. But it was still kind of neat. Um, yeah. So if you want to look into it or look at it or have a hub for all your your podcasts and listens or whatnot, check out Verbal. It's, it's kind of like a cross between, um, I, I think I said MySpace, because mm-hmm. then you can put up your friends and was like, look at right. these podcasts that My I follow too. Podcasts. Why don't you go check these people out? So that was kind of neat. Uh, but I just, I want to throw it out there. And and there's so many out there. Do you need another True. one? Not really, but it's still kind of fun. It's still kind of right. neat. Second of all, uh, I found based on a recommendation and I looked into it and I stayed up a little later than I wanted to because of this last night. Samuel Kim Music. This guy does uh, cover music of, of all kinds. His theme uh, so far that I've noticed seems to be Star Wars, but okay. he has <clears throat> covered like other superhero music, um, like Avengers and Justice League and whatnot. And then he's done stuff from Avatar The Last Airbender. He does some stuff from Attack on Titan. Um, right. he, he does. I mean, it's... yeah. Star Wars seems to be the focus, but there is a there is a, a variety of, of mm-hmm. different things that he's done. The only reason I checked this out was because someone was talking about the music in The Mandalorian. You remember that show we watched back in December? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> since it's Star Wars, uh-huh. and they were talking about how the music fits within the Star Wars universe. And the reason that is, is because the score written by, I'm going to try to say his name, Ludwig Göransson. Sure. I, I hope I nailed that. That actually sounds good. Yeah. He studied John Williams' scores from the other Star Wars, and apparently there's a musical structure to it. Now, I don't know anything about music. So I do not know what this structure is. So if someone is more keen on on musical composition and structure, you probably know exactly what it is. But every score in Star Wars has this structure. So the composer for The Mandalorian studied that structure and then wrote The Mandalorian theme based around that structure. Oh, fun. Okay. Now with that in mind, the Samuel Kim guy, he goes... And he plays the music from The Mandalorian. And you hear it. And then suddenly, the duel of the fates from episode one, where you know it's the big duel with Darth Maul, and it's that dun 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 And it just, it flows into it. And then that, the Mandalorian's still playing, but then that's playing over it, and it just... It flows, and then it kicks into the Imperial March, like Darth Vader's theme, dun, 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 and it flows right into it, and it's just like, oh, my God. Wow. It's just amazing to hear it, yeah. and just like, crisis works. It's so amazing. So I got caught down a little rabbit hole because I was like, what else you got? What else right. you got? And it was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I love this stuff because he's blending it so seamlessly, and it just it works. It fits. Yeah. So check him out on YouTube, Samuel Kim Music. It's it's really fascinating stuff. You might get sucked down the rabbit hole. You might not find it appealing at all. I don't well, know. you know, different strokes, different folks. That's right. But I, I personally was just, I was blown away by it. And I was just like, all right, one more. All right, one more. One more. And then I got I to gotta stop. 
I've been but, there. Yeah. Been there. Uh, what else I got? Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if you if any of you saw on the uh, the interwebs on Twitter. I was trying to share it, but I, I guess I'll try to preface this or preface that with a, another thing too. This is going to be a, an ongoing thing for at least a few weeks. Uh, I was part of a podcast called Podcasters Assemble, mm-hmm. uh, where they take a topic and then a bunch of podcasters kind of throw in their opinions about said topic. And this week, their topic was King Kong from 1933, something I, I can definitely talk about. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't know, and I guess I should have looked into the show before I... I'm terrible sometimes. People, I, I, you know, but I do feel like I found a new favorite podcast. Oh, yeah. Not just because I'm on it, because I love what I mean, they've done. it was done. just a good start, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you did a really good thing by having me on it. Ergo. Yeah. Ergo. <laughs> I will listen from now on. But they they do topics, and I guess they've been doing this for a, a year or so, maybe longer. Again, uh-huh. I'm terrible. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. I am I'm trying to be better about this. But they they have a topic like for this month, I guess from between this week all the way up to March 31st, which would be the release of Godzilla vs Kong, they're going to be talking about kaiju movies. So they have a list of kaiju movies that they want other podcasters opinions on and you know like what do they like what when was the first time you saw it and and just memories and thoughts and and feelings about these movies and then what they do and this is what's fascinating because i just thought it would be like well here's my take here's Mm -hmm. this person's take no they intersplice all of these conversations together like a documentary like oh. the way it's done. So it's oh, not fun. just me, me you're listening to for five or ten minutes. You're listening to this guy for a second, like a clip about this. And then they'll cut over here and they'll talk to this guy. And then it's their own topic. Like whatever is, is being talked about. So it's like, when's the first time you saw this? Mine, his, theirs. Um, and it's, you know, and then you get right. that. And then you segue into, okay, well, what's our favorite thing about this? And then a, a segment from everybody's. Um, what would you call it? C- testimonial. Sure. Yeah. And it was just, it was like, what? this, this is That's smart. Interesting. This yeah. is a smart idea. And it's amazing because I don't know if I'd have the patience for <laughs> to edit it. Right. But, yeah. Is it once know, a week? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I just because I listened to it, not just for me, but I was listening to everybody else's opinions, and you could tell that sometimes we weren't all on the same page. But it would be a flow, you know, mm-hmm. of just here's my opinion, here's their opinion, here's that one's opinion, and so on, and it just worked. Nice. So I'm I'm really impressed by it, and I kind of want to go and listen to some of the the back catalog. But I will, my plan is to, and again, this falls upon me to do so, uh, for the entire run of this kaiju thing, I, I do intend to throw my hat in the ring. And I'm going to I'm gonna step it up, because again, I should have done my due diligence and listened into it. Because mm-hmm. um, I thought I had. And I, I did like a little five or six minute segment about Kong. But the next movie is Godzilla from 1954, and I, I'm going to step it up. I got the faith. I, I got some stuff to say about that. I had some stuff to say about Kong, but 
uh, now realizing how I can approach it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got it. It's on. Yeah, like because on. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure like what would be the right way to go, and I don't know. I, I felt like I didn't do a good enough job. But from here on, eh. so I'll I'll at least be a part of that as long as I submit my my testimonial about the film and so Excellent. on because they're on a they're on a schedule and I respect that. Mm-hmm. So if I don't do it, that's my fault. Sure. So check them out. Podcasters assemble. And, Podcasters and assemble. Yeah, you might find some stuff in there that you want to listen to and hey, you could throw your hat in the ring too. Because that's that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Uh finally, WandaVision. <gasps> So good. If you haven't watched it by now. Okay, but I just spoiler, I guess maybe skip yeah. ahead a couple minutes. Because I can I can understand. It's still only been a few days. Some people probably 30 minutes still have busy right. lives. Forty minutes of your time. I I'm just saying, I don't know. I have nothing in my life, so I'm not mm. trying to use mine as a baseline. I know. For other people. <laughs> But you could you could end your day with it. That's true. Like you're getting That's ready true. to to sit down. All right, thirty forty so minutes, good. and I'm just gonna watch it. They unraveled so much. They really. But did. we, I'm still confused. Isn't that just amazing? We're five I feel like episodes in. Yeah, the, the 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 story that they're setting up here and kind of possibly merging other things with like it's interesting how it's getting set up and again coming from somebody who's not as steeped in the lore Mm -hmm. i'm finding it fascinating now here's i I, this is the main thing i want to talk about because obviously the story itself it's like i said it's unraveling we're getting uh, a little bit more of an understanding i'm honestly starting to think that wanda might be in control but then i still feel like there's another force in, in play here yeah now the main thing, the big reveal, the mind-blowing ah, that everyone is, is going on about. Spoiler, again. Spoiler. This Three, is what we're going to talk two, about. So Evan Peters is Quicksilver, who, if you don't know, and I'm going to get into that too, if you don't know, uh, he is the Quicksilver Pietro, if you will, of the X-Men movies, which is adjacent but not part of the MCU. Right. So he's not technically connected, so, but now he kind of is. Now, here was here was a conversation that I had, because some people were just, of course, theories are abound. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone was like, well, that, that it's going to be a fake out. It's going to be this. And someone even mentioned, like, I didn't even go back in my head and piece this together from the previous episode. Do you recall mm-hmm. that Agent Wu had gone to this town looking for a missing person? And they never said who that missing person was. Uh. So there's this idea that maybe this guy is the missing person or something like that. So it's going to be a fake out or whatever. Now, fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. But. To actively go out of your way to cast the other Quicksilver and not have that pay off, that feels like the hugest middle finger that Marvel could could think? take mm, okay. to the fans. Because Kevin Feige knows 
his fans. He knows what they love and they crave. And to just be like, ah, you know what this is. Everybody else is going to be like, huh? Hmm. That's interesting because casual audiences like you, you, I mean, right. you would have, you wouldn't have pieced it together unless no. someone was there to be like, yeah, the but, hubs was like, he's the one who pointed out the why that particular version of the character yeah. was and, causing pause. And it is a very deep cut. Okay. Like you have, you don't have to know. It's not just the MCU. You have to know the X-Men films. You have right. to know where this guy came from. So that's a huge cut for the most casual viewer where they're just like, I don't get it. Right. Okay? I wouldn't have, to be and, fair, had the hubs not pointed that out to me being an X-Men fan that he is. Right. I get it. So to me, th- there is that part of it where I could see it also not paying off the way we're all hoping for. Because okay. it's such a deep cut. I get it. But for those of us who are very aware, mm-hmm. that is such a large fish to be dangling out there and not pay it off. So I'm I'm curious where we go from here. I I want more. Yeah. I look forward to Friday now. Yeah. Just like I did when the Mandalorian's coming on. I'm I'm so excited. And luckily, for the most part, I felt like I kept away from all the spoilers from Friday. But at the same time I didn't as much because I got duped by a trending hashtag that I would have had no idea was in relation to it and yeah. clicked on it going, why would that be trending now? And I'm like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never made the connection of those two things. And I think I think that's what spoiled it for me, too. Like, yeah. I had this, the entire episode, I was waiting for it mm-hmm. because I was like, something's happening. Something's going to happen because I had seen something like i'd stayed off twitter all day because the last few weeks there have been these little what is this what is that and i was like i don't want to know people writing articles and dropping them first thing in the morning really before anyone's had a big chance to like like, watch it it's like it's eight in the morning dude like like, but we watched it at 12 yeah well you (laughs) i was asleep asleep. right but um where was i going with that I'm so sorry. Boop, 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 boop. I'm coming back around. <laughs> coming back around. Uh, oh, we saw the trending hashtag. Oh, yeah, yeah, staying yeah. Staying off Twitter. No. Yeah, yeah. I had seen... A, I even kind of scanned back over it. Somewhere I saw the name within the article or the headline or, or something that, that mm-hmm. gave it away. And then I was like, wait, what? And then I, I scanned back over it and I didn't see it. I don't know what happened. <laughs> They're implanting shit into They're, headlines now. I'm telling you, it's really into the wand division weird. now. But I'm I'm so excited to see where this goes. Yeah. Um. I don't want to make any. I don't want to make any predictions at this point because every time we think we figured it out, they're like, nah, nah. Which is great though. Yeah. It's great. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. And I, I think. Can't wait to see. I honestly think, and and I'm probably echoing someone else's uh, sentiments here. The idea of the week to week series, yeah, that I really feel like that's what's making this like show it. work. I like going back to that. Honestly, yeah. I always it just is, has been feeling for me anyway. Like the whole just sitting and binging. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I've been enjoying the 
back to old form, yeah. I guess, in a way where you got that one a week, got mm-hmm. to talk about that one a week. You didn't have to worry about if people got too far ahead of you or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's event it gives you TV. something to look forward to, and you right? Don't blow the whole excitement in one go, and then feel empty mm-hmm. when there's not a next episode button to click. You know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude! Every time, yeah, every time we get to the end of an episode, it's like, oh, <laughs> what more? Yep. But that's the idea. That's good. It's like yeah. we know you do, we know, but mm-hmm. now you're gonna have to wait. Like, and I like <laughs> it. I like it. I approve. Hey, uh, what you been playing? Let's see. Uh, this week, I did get more addicted to Not For Broadcast because mm-hmm. I was starting to figure out what choices to make that it was actually unlocking different videos that I hadn't seen. Like I was starting to figure out the... So I, I, I definitely put in a lot more time into that, just playing through it again, because I was like, oh, I didn't go as all in on one side as I thought I had or this, that or the other, you know, and then the videos did change like the the setup would be about the same, mm-hmm. you know, but the content of the actual video would change dramatically. And I went, oh, now, now I'm figuring out how I'm affecting the world. Got it. So, um definitely still recommend that that game i don't want to give away too much on on spoiler stuff or whatever but Mm -hmm. i'm yeah it's it's doing such a good job with that man it's really good it's really good at first i thought i was going to get really pissy about the interference system and i still don't like it i think it's just it is what it is you know um but clearly it's not keeping me from playing the game because i'm loving so much of everything else about it and the uniqueness of it that uh I, I dig it. So hopefully the pandemic doesn't keep them down for too long and, the, and they'll be able to uh, uh, to finish this bad boy up. Heck, I still think you could do DLC for this for a while. I'd throw money at you. I'm just going to say that now. I feel like you, granted, you might have this one story to play, but um, like they have thrown in a bonus one here called the Telethon. So they have filmed tiny stuff to try to keep that that interest in giving you some little bit of new content as best they can. And I, I think they're doing a good job. So check it out. Not mm-hmm. for broadcast, not for broadcast. Um, and I can't talk about it too much though, but okay. I did have the pleasure of um, testing another one of, Oh, a rock studios game, which was an FMV. Um, Paul Franzen, good, good, good people. Good people. Mm-hmm. I found him. I think I've said this before. My love of FMV, uh, when I saw the Awkward Steve duology on sale one day and purchased that and have been kind of following at least the FMVs he does for a while. Um, so I've been playing Internet Court. That's about all I can really tell you. I can't really say much else. I can tell you the name of it because he's announced it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but outside of that, been playing through it. And I think we're going to have another fun Fun game right here, a little tomfoolery on your hands, so go check them out if you're into those. I mean, granted, there's no, like, Oscars being won or anything like that, but if you're like me and you can just lean into the tomfoolery of a situation and just have a good time and turn off your brain and lean into the lean into it, you know, you'll, mm. you'll have a good time. So I recommend checking that out. I don't even think you can wish list it yet, but like go follow Paul Franzen on Twitter and then you can get an update on that or, oh, it's a rock. Um developing team and then you know keep up to date when he's pushing out his games i don't know 
Yeah. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, because I feel like we meant to do this last week and then forgot, Dark mm-hmm. Side of the Moon. Yes. Dark Side of the Moon. We got a release date for sure, March 12th. You can wish list it. Go do it. Um, I have had the pleasure of uh, being able to play a little bit of that as well. If you're an old school FMV gamer fan, you're going to love, love, love for sure. And I still think even you newer fans, I'll, 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 I think it'll introduce you to a style you may not be used to if you've just been right. into FMV over the last few years, let's say. Um, so keep that in mind when you're playing it. There's a lot of nods to old school FMV in there that really just brought on the nostalgia feels for me and was 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 great. But nice. it's definitely a different style. If you're if you're a younger player and you've only known the FMVs of the last four or five years, it's definitely going to be a different style. But just know that it is a nod to how FMV has got shaped to today, and you can feel its influence. And I freaking love it for that alone. Just the ugh. I loved having the conversation with him about it. I'm like, oh, I can tell what you did here, what you did here. And it's like, oh, I just felt like a little kid again. It's great. So March 12th, keep your eye out for that. Dark side of the moon. Excited, excited, excited. Um, and that's actually all I've been playing. All right. So dabbled in a bunch of like little tiny stuff this week and, and kind of got through it. So um, yeah. How about you? How about you? What you well, dive into this week or last week? I felt like I hadn't really played a lot. And I really didn't until Saturday. Then I actually had a little time to sit down and do mm-hmm. something. Uh, so I, I finished Star Wars Battlefront 2 and finished okay. the story mission thing because there's no other way to really beat the game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play online. I just don't. Yeah, no, I feel that. Like I tried just to see how I felt about it. And when you're dying every other five, ten seconds, and having to restart. I was like, you know what? Christ, I can't. If I'm dying because I'm I'm doing it, that's one thing. But to be shot down every time I enter an arena, ah, just, I, I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> I feel I it. I have patience yeah, I... for it because I'm not getting to play anything. I'm just watching my right. ship go. <laughs> or I'm just walking into a room. <laughs> yep. No, I'm just, I, I, I don't want to do it. So I just I at least got through the story, which was... Pretty good. In fact, some of the elements in this game they used in the Mandalorian, believe it or not. Yeah, and it even leads up to, um, I guess, or explains. Like, do you remember in The Force Awakens, Jakku, the planet that uh, Rey is from, is a desert planet, and you see all the ships in the desert and everything? You don't remember that? That I didn't see it. Didn't watch it. Okay. I only well, it, it, if it was from five, four, five, six, it's been so long I don't remember anything. But legit, those are the only movies in Star Wars I've watched. Okay, it's we'll like see. the ones I, of old. I thought maybe, I thought maybe your husband had. Oh, he's definitely hasn't sucked me into him yet. I feel like I tried to watch one just because I'm a fan of Natalie mm-hmm. Portman. <laughs> I just well, couldn't see, get into it. Now that was your mistake. You went I the thought wrong maybe direction. if anybody would get me into it, it would be her, because I am a fan of her acting, and it was, I guess, mm. not a good one to start it on. You probably started with episode two, and it was like, ugh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No, no I, I know I've... But no, that's a fair assumption to think that I, you know, I would have been uh, looped in at some point, because yeah. he has watched them all, but... They're, I love Star Wars. Even though I'm criticizing, I love Star Wars, so beside the point. You're allowed to anyway. criticize things you love. Anyway. Hopefully you get it better. Yeah. Anyway. 
Jakku was the planet that the character Ray was living on when The Force Awakens started. She's the main character, Daisy Ridley's character, whatever. It's a mm-hmm. very Tatooine-esque planet, just a bunch of desert. But one of the images that we got to see was a bunch of Imperial ships like buried into the sand like there was a war there or something like that. This game delivered on that war. Okay. That battle. So it was like, oh, okay. So that's the ba- Okay, I got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. And so we got to see that. And then there were some other elements to it. And they they had some cameos from other characters, from like Luke and Leia and Han. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I, I guess that's cool that they're here in this game. I, they don't really serve the story in any way, but sure. You know, A nostalgia here. bump. Yeah. For people, maybe. I'll say... The guy, whoever did Han Solo, he, I mean, I guess it's hard to imitate Harrison Ford, but he was just kind of like, like that. But on the opposite end of that spectrum, whoever did uh, Princess Leia or Mm -hmm. General Organa, whatever you want to call her in these franchise films (laughs) or series now. Right. uh, Whoever did Leia, that blew my mind. Like, she was on point. Like, for a moment, I was like, did, what? Because she sounded so much like Carrie Fisher in the original movies. Now, there, obviously, there would be something she'd say in a certain inflection where you could, it kind of takes you out of it. But for the most part, it's like she had the tone, the the intensity right for it. And it was just like, holy crap, that is amazing. So, uh, props to her. Uh, whoever she is, sorry that I don't have her name at the top of my head, but the actress who played Leia, voice Leia, or whatever, she did mm-hmm. amazing in the game. Uh, story was cool. There was a thing called Operation Cinder, which happens within the game, and they actually yeah. referenced that in The Mandalorian. That was the the event, if you recall, the episode where they brought back Bill Burr in season two, oh, yeah. and he confronted that uh, Imperial officer about. That mm-hmm. was the event he was talking about. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that. That's cool. That fun tie-in for yeah. all of it, yeah, for fans of all the mediums. Yeah. Uh, and then, after I finished that, I was trying to decide what to play next, and I thought I would try Control, oh, since yes. that was the uh, PlayStation 5 freebie. that, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't gotten very, very deep into it, but I did, I did figure something out. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, like a preference now that I have for video games. Okay. Um, I don't know if I could ever go back to 30 frames per second ever again. <laughs> Is it 30? No. Well, it has the option for it. Oh, okay. But it's graphics or performance. Graphics, you get 30 frames per second, but you get all the ray tracing and the, the detail okay. and all that. Or you go 60 frames and it's performance enhancing. You get the PS5, huh? Yeah. I okay. guess they haven't put in that last effort, kind of like what... Oh, uh, the last the Spider-Man. upgrade or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Miles Morales actually give you both now. Okay. I guess they just had to work on that. But right now, it's just 60 frames per second. Uh, the game still looks good. Mm-hmm. But I started on 30, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to play this. And then I moved <laughs> it to 60, and I was like, that's better. Yeah. So I'll go by performance over graphics, I guess. I mean, I want to have both, but... The 60 frames really, really makes a difference. 
Uh, yeah, I bet it does. I wonder if they're going to do that. I know the game's been out for a bit. I would imagine they would. I would hope so. Or working on it, a PS5 version. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I really need to look into it deeper, like why it matters so much. Because I've never noticed before now, and for whatever reason, it's really, really becoming a thing where it's like, this is where I'm going to go. Right. And well, maybe it's probably now enough has utilized it so much that we were really trained to tell the difference now. Yeah. You know? Because the 30 frames, it just, it looks so choppy. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy, just, it's right? amazing that I'm catching this now, but it just looks so choppy and terrible, but it looked good. Mm-hmm. It's just her movement was just so choppy, and I was like... No, no, I'm not yeah. gonna do that. But anyway, that's that's not a disservice to the game. I'm just talking about FPS. Yes. But I haven't gotten too far into the game to know whether or not it seems like it would be. An, it's an interesting premise from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what the hell's I gotta going start on. Start it. Maybe but, I should this week. Maybe we should both yeah. play it. And that would be cool. And we that can would compare be what notes. we talk about. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I need to need to. I've got it downloaded. Yeah. I just kept getting sidetracked with all these other little games. And that's, you know, I was like, well, Control's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it'll be fun. Uh, it's just trying to get a rhythm going, which is mm-hmm. something always bothers me with the games. Like, I wish I could just go in with the right rhythm and then just knock it out of we the park. We want to skip the whole having to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but once I get it. Rules. Yeah, yeah, once I get it, I, that's why I get so committed to a game and I don't want to stop anything because I've got a rhythm with that one. And if mm-hmm. I go play something else, it's going to throw that off. Right. I'm going to come back and be like, button, button, button. And then I'm not as badass as I became by the end of it. Right. So. I hear ya. Gotcha. Well, hey, let's talk about some news. Let's do it. We had a little bit going on this week. I felt like it was a little slower, but probably needed. We had such a... <laughs> Big one last week, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the biggest story, I guess, which was until the other night, let's just say second now, because I feel like everything moves so fast. Stadia, huh? So it looks like they made the decision to shut down their developing studios. So the mm-hmm. actual game studios that they uh, had just recently acquired to develop games for the platform has already decided to pull the plug. Um. What has it been? Less than two years now from launch yeah. that they decided to call the the studios quit. So instead of just putting more investments into the platform, games chief Jade Raymond, who also had joined Stadia team after leaving Ubisoft, has already quit um, the studios and her studios that were in Montreal and L.A. will close its doors um, after never released any games. Yeah, I was about to say there was nothing that came out of there. Mm-mm. So now it's third-party games only um, and competing with games like, or passes, game passes, I should say, like with Microsofts or Playstations or anything. So time will, I guess, only tell with how long Stadia itself will keep open for this. I mean, mm-hmm. I could see interest in probably the software and the creation and the tools used maybe for other things, but we'll see. Time will tell. Stadia itself is still going. They just won't be developing their own games. I'm just really more sad for the developers. I hope they all find work. They find work for them. That's what, about 150 devs I read mm-hmm. that just died. Um, working, did, did they say that there was anything specific they were working on? I mean, it seems like the only thing I ever kept hearing about was that I think it was an MMO. 
And then there was like, what, just a couple of weeks ago, a tease where people had seen like a leak on the Stadia homepage about a game mm-hmm. that they thought was coming down the pike. So to my knowledge, maybe there was two that was being worked on, but never got fully realized. And now it doesn't look like ever will. Why would your starting point be a damn MMO? Why not do some smaller I should little... check just to make sure. Because I know that there, but there that... was one in the works for sure. Let's see. Yeah, that sounds right. It's just that seems like a large, large task to start with. Right. Like, why not do, like, a few little indie games, like, some real creative stuff, kind of get your name out there, your brand, and then then work on something larger. I mean, my God. I know. I'll have to check on that. I'm looking at this thing right here, and I can't see. It says near planned or near release. So, I don't know. She was working on something, but it doesn't seem like. I don't know if they just tried to run it too much, like. <laughs> A regular Google business or, you know, like like we were just talking about why Amazon never really <laughs> got into games that well either. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe just these big corporations that, you know, gaming wasn't their first focus. You can't run it like you do the rest of your business and you're finding that that may not be what's working. So mm-hmm. I guess time will tell how long Stadia itself keeps going. Um think we just ran into that where we were talking about before cloud-based streaming sounds fantastic is it the right day and time for it you know yeah. but time will tell so i honestly feel that and and i'm not trying to pick sides here but i honestly feel that what amazon is doing is a safer bet than luna despite whether one works better than the other because mm-hmm. with google you're purchasing a full game. Yeah. And if they shut that down, it's gone. You just your money has just sounded like. Yeah. But with Amazon, you're just paying for a subscription for games. Just like you do Netflix or something like that. So therefore they're just saying, Well, here's a couple of games for you to play. You know, if you want to play them. And then you're like, cool. And then you can play whatever. And then they'll rotate it. So you're just paying for the subscription to access certain games. Right. So you're not losing anything. That, to me, feels safer when it comes to cloud-based sure. games. I may have iterated that episodes back when I did the review of the two, but it's just, it feels so much safer. I'm not going to throw down 60 bucks for a game that I do not have physically in my hand, even though Which I, I do. I think is kind of a risk that we all run in the digital storefront day The anyway. Because, I mean, honestly... If any of these big platforms shut down, yeah. If unless they kept that back end up where you could, you know, access downloads. I mean, look at your Steam library. Let's just I say agree. this last lawsuit Steam is having is the one that shuts its doors. Mm-hmm. Now Who I know knows? that they've said they would leave it offline in some capacity, but I mean, how long would you expect somebody to upkeep that sort of thing? Right. Not any money coming in. So, but there are the other platforms. But there are there other are. platforms that they could be like, hey, just bring bring that over here. Come on over right. here. Epic would be the one to do it. Be like, oh, come home. You right? knew it was inevitable. We knew it. Although, you know, they don't want to take monopolies now. Hmm. Well, let's see. Activision's facing a lawsuit this time around. Uh, suppo- I mean, they are now? being accused of stealing 
Call of Duty Modern Warfare characters likeness from a different game. So Activision, Infinity Ward, Major League Gaming Corp, all the people that are involved in this right here have all been hit with a copyright infringement lawsuit that claims the companies were responsible for making a direct copy of a character for use in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, The claim is that the design of Warfare's Mara was stolen from uh, Hoggins' Cade Janus. Now, I was not familiar with this other project, which is why I had to go looking. So it's a character in this guy's story called November Renaissance. So in 2017, apparently Hagen, which is the guy's last name, hired an actress and cosplayer. Her name's Alex Zedra to portray Cade Janus in his story. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took a bunch of photographs, makeup, cosplay, the whole deal, right? Um, and took this to pitch the idea for this story um, to studios to hopefully get a deal, maybe for a movie deal or anything like that. But, but she, Alexandra, was also hired by Activision Infinity Ward. And you see where we're going here? Uh-huh. It, with the companies in question during the development of Modern Warfare as a strong, skilled female fighter for the game. So when you look at these side-by-side photos, oof, right? And I mean, it's kind of a weird area because you don't like own her face and likeness, right? Like right. that's still hers. But when you look at the detail of the costume, the hairstyle, the makeup, the everything, um, Hoggett also goes on to claim that they hired her and asked her to bring the same clothes and gears that she used in her photo shoot to the studio of Modern Warfare. So now it's starting to get even more like, hey, we're actually wanting this direct likeness. Um, He even says the same makeup artist was used. That he used in his photo shoot. So basically, it sounds like they just went and hired all of the same people that he had hired for his photo shoot. Um, he says the Modern Warfare studio made them all sign NDAs, which he says was an effort to conceal this whole thing. Um, he's going for recovery of all monetary gain that he can within the the you know confines of the law. Hmm. And now it's just kind of a wait and see what happens when you're when you're looking at it side by side. I mean, I know it makes it even harder because it is the same exact model. But yeah, if you're if you're using the same clothes, the same makeup, the same hair extensions, the same people who did it, it does start to sound a little fishy. I'm not a lawyer. I don't but, know how these yeah. things work. I'm not a judge either. I got I got what you're putting down there. Yeah, it's it's just that was lazy of Activision. And you got all the money in the world to hire, do whoever. Well, I guess not all in the world, but like probably more than this man here who's trying to get his idea off the ground. But we can't afford it because we got to have the money for our CEOs because the games That's will get true. made if we don't get our bonuses. Well, you know, he already has two yachts. Two! Oh, two. He's the laughing stock at his Christmas parties. He's going to get a third this year year but i can't because i gotta pay for a makeup artist right and that one too anyway well godspeed man i hope it works out in your favor Mm -hmm. uh let's see i know we're tired of talking about cyberpunk but this one i should actually bring up here again not something cdpr did it's coming from all over the place this time um so cyberpunk made the news again 
Mods, man. Modders, modders, modders seem to be the problem over the last couple of weeks. Um, so, but apparently due to a vulnerability in Cyberpunk's modding tools, certain mods created can literally hack into players' PCs and execute malicious software. Wonderful. So, um, obviously, please only download from sources you know and trust because... You know, um, you don't want to just be downloading a mod to go. I felt like changing my hair in the game because they didn't give me that option. And now all of your stuff is stolen from your computer. Mm -hmm. Uh, The vulnerability in the game allows basic asset replacing mods and save files to include harmful commands. So an example was uh, a built-in fraudulent code that is capable of getting access to player system and stealing data through the game's DLL files. Um, So CDPR is addressing this issue as of this writing in a statement on Twitter by just acknowledging that they're aware and asks you to be cautious when you're downloading while they're working on it and trying to close up that vulnerability. So, um, yeah, until then, just don't download from sources you don't know or maybe just not right now. I understand there's a lot of like quality of life mods that we want because just certain features weren't added in for whatever reason. But Mm -hmm. just be careful. Just be careful. Hackers, man. Modders, whatever you want to call them. Like, why can't we just have nice things? Let us enjoy things. Um, So, this one broke the other Mm -hmm. night. Uh, Looks like WB, so Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, uh, the publishers of Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. I was going to say Orth. You did. You did say Orth. I did, didn't I? But it's okay. Middle Earth, Shadow (laughs) of Mordor, has finally got that patent for their nemesis system that they've been trying for for so many years. Uh, This apparently goes into effect February 23rd, 2021. So just right around the corner here. Now. Um, Yeah. Well, continue. And I'll I'll pose my question afterwards. uh, So the option, apparently, they've been given to hold on to this patent all the way through 2035. Um, if you're not familiar with the Nemesis system, TLDR, mm-hmm. um, it was introduced as a major selling point uh, for Shadow of Mordor. Um, so what it is, in shorter terms, the patent covers a system featuring procedurally generated NPCs that exist, like, within the hierarchy of the game and interact with the, uh, with the player. So... Mm-hmm. They have their appearance or behavior altered by players. You came into uh, a, a tough with them. If you gave them scars or burned them with fire, they remember that. They might have scars still from that. Um, they might get um, promoted within this hierarchy because of interactions with you. Did they defeat you? So all of this was kind of like a procedurally generated hierarchy with these orcs. Um, so what they've done was try to protect the method in which they were using the system. Uh, I hope that made sense. And that's like the easy way to explain what the nemesis Mm. system is, in in my opinion. So Warner Brothers has been trying to get this patent apparently for a while. And many of the reasons why they were denied was because it was too similar to other systems that were already out there. Games tend to do that. They gain inspiration from other games. and, and, And hopefully the point is to make it better and make it your own. Um, so it seems that for the next few years, Warner Brothers just decided to set their sights on the wording of this yeah. patent so that they could kind of, you know, hone in on, on making it there. So unclear at this moment what happens to games 
game devs who release games that have similar systems after February 23rd. I'm assuming I'm not a legal mind, not giving any advice, not yada, 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 any of that good stuff. I assume you would have to get a license from WB from that mm-hmm. point forward. But of course, met with backlash, right? Um, yeah. About how it's just stifling innovation and some gamers pointing out that this Nemesis system isn't exactly new and that WB shouldn't be the one patenting it. Having them using this system from inspiration from other games themselves. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, gamers kind of took to took to Twitter, and uh, they're now concerned, as are certain developers, um, about being able to create within this system. Uh, it looks like as long as you're not doing an exact replica one-to-one of this system, supposedly you should still be fine. Again, if you're a dev or anything like that, consult your legal team. Mm-hmm. Uh, gamers came out showing all sorts of examples about how Mordor borrowed heavily from other systems which is, again, how innovation works, you know, um, such as Assassin's Creed or the Arkham games and pointing out to how many of our games today and theirs borrowed from the monolith, other monolith games themselves, which were founded on an FPS inspired by Doom. So they're pointing out, like, where you borrowed all your stuff to make this system and now you want to claim it for your own. Right. Just sounds kind of like a garbage idea. I don't know. Most people seem to be against this. I tend to agree. I I like when people, you know, you get that idea, you make it a little bit better, and that's how we get better things. Again, why I don't like people having a monopoly on any one particular thing. It it does stifle innovation, and the consumer is the one who gets hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, especially since they're making the games they make due to other games giving them the inspiration before. I mean, I feel like we've seen people do this before. Like, what if BR games did that? Think about that, you know? Like, I feel like PUBG kind of tried. If we all kind of remember when they were um, filing lawsuits against, you know, like Fortnite because of that whole borrowed system. And then, which actually was from King of the Kill before PUBG. So, but it didn't work. Okay. Well, they got it. So, well, first of all, I mean, I'm I'm interested that it's something that other games have done. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I've never encountered them. So playing Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, that's the first time I really saw something like that. That said, I wasn't necessarily like, oh, my God, it's that guy. It was just like, oh, I did something. Yeah. Uh, maybe I remember your name. It was like literally that scene from... Uh, in game where the Scarlet Witch shows up and she's like, you took everything from me. He's like, I don't even know who you are. You know, Thanos <laughs> says that to yeah. her. That's how I feel about half of them. Unless there's something about their name that I'm just like, oh yeah, I remember. I oh, with the other games that it's shit borrowed out of from? You. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. I just feel like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. You did what? break up a little bit, so I might've missed an important part of what you just said. No, I was just, the, I was just lamenting froze. about it. Um, But all that said, all that said, you said they've got this until 2035? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Warner Brothers Games. Yeah. What games are you going to implement this in in the next 15 years? If you're going to hold the monopoly down on this, what games are you going to give us that are going to have this particular system in it that we get to utilize it and see it in all its glory that you think uh-huh. that it is, and then you're going to keep it from other people from using I want to know. I want to see these games over the next 15 years. You better start delivering. Oh, yeah. 
And it better still be amazing in 15 years and even it better. better be there. better. Yeah. Just imagine. Because if you're the only one allowed to innovate off of it. So mm-hmm. it just, I have all the faith in the world with people who code and all this kind of stuff. Someone will figure out a creative way to make it just different enough that they can skirt it. I just, I, I kind of have faith that humans are just, they figure those things out mm-hmm. when they really want to, <laughs> there's a really good will, there's a way. Or and you're just going to force them to make a better one than you already got and you're stuck with yours. That's what I was about to say. That's where the innovation comes in because they're going to lock it down and someone's going to be like, what can we do to change this just enough to make it even better mm-hmm. to skirt that line? And they'll do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You just. Because, I mean, if you spent the next several years working on freezing for your patent to ensure, I'm sure they could spend the next few years finding ways that it's different enough to fight your patent back, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is all getting our head over ourselves. We don't know. But it would kind of be sweet to see. That's all I'm saying. This is how innovation starts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll never get it. Mm-hmm. Money. I'm telling you, money just does bad things to people. Uh, let's end on kind of a tomfoolery one sort of here. Uh, so we talked last week about the stock market and GameStop colliding epically in this hedge fund versus the people showdown costing mm-hmm. the sellers billions, right? Well, that's just the thing HBO wants to talk about in its newly scripted GameStop film now in development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the film is described as... exploring how a populist uprising of social media day traders beat Wall Street at their own game, turning stock market upside down and shaking the financial world to its core. This just happened. I know. It's not over yet. (laughs) Andrew Ross Sorkin is going to be the executive producer who is also the co-creator of the Showtime series Billions, which is already set in the world of hedge funds. So I guess like... It just became kismet there. I don't know. Um, And he also apparently wrote the book on the 2008 crisis, Too Big to Fail, and is uh, nominated for 11 Emmys in in their time. So, Did you call them Emmys? Did I? Emmys? Did I? Is that what you said? I I thought I said Emmys. My God. I heard Emmys. I might have. I can't even say it anymore. You You can't even say it wrong the way I said it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Only I could mess it up that epically. Uh, so yeah. Hey. So I guess we'll just see on that, that there's really all there is. Apparently, um, it might be like in a documentary-esque kind of style. I, I don't know. I want to know when my boat's going to I just hope in. they don't make it to where just the short sellers look like the ones that were the victims of this whole thing. And yeah, make no. it look like they're the ones that, oh, these poor billionaires. <laughs> you know? Like that's the, I just hope it doesn't go that direction. But. No. I want to know when my boat's going to come in because I had thought about investing in GameStop at one point, especially when they were at their lowest. And I was like, nah, I don't want to lose my money. And then all these people earn money. We should have been in Wall Street bets, it sounds like, so but we would have known when to strike. I guess. Because every time I turn around, there's there's like that opportunity and it's there and you see it. But I'm just like, because half the time I can, I can see something coming a mile away. For example, when DVDs showed up on the, the scene and they were just like this is the new way and you know i know players are 300 dollars, but this is it this is the new thing to replace vhs and i was like yeah it's going to replace vhs look at what cds did this is a no-brainer mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. so i was all on top of that when it came to blu-ray and hd dvd i said it's going to be blu-ray why the name alone Sounds fancier. Yeah. Faster, sleeker. Yeah. yeah. It just has a better ring to it than HD DVD. 
Yeah. You're saying that's blue gray. Of, this that's is a lot of letters new. to remember. <laughs> so, uh, damn it. People made millions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to make mm-hmm. millions. I'd have been know, fine right? with one. But we would have been pro- a part of the problem, you see. All the attacks on the rich people. Anyway, that's a whole other whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So there you go. We we're going to get our GameStop HBO series here soon enough. Soon enough. How about some quick hits? How about some quick hits? Why not? I'm excited for this. Mass Effect Legendary Edition got a release date. May 14th for Xbox, Playstations, and PCs. I never played them before. I decided I wanted to give them a go. And then mm-hmm. I was reminded about this uh, Legendary Edition. You'll get all three. So I'm kind of excited for it. I'll wait and play them through, I guess. And a now, much fancier coat of paint. Is is this the game where they said that if you like played one, then things kind of rolled over or something? Yes. They apparently ah. all will connect with each other. So like your character from one, you know, your decisions and choices supposedly will reflect some of two and then some of three and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, I mean, they could really up the ante with it. With this one, I mean, if you're, you've already got them all on the same disc and mm-hmm. the same save file, and you can just well that's why it's like i had tweeted out about wanting to know if i could start with two there was a day i was flipping through my -hmm. games i'm like i feel like a story heavy game and i had seen that i had mass effect 2 on origin and it had to have been for free at some point um and so i had asked if it was okay to start at two and that's when people were like yeah you can because they do do like a questionnaire or something to try to, I guess, catch you up for choices that you would have made in the first one to continue on. Um, and then that's when people reminded me, no, this Legendary Edition is supposed to be coming out soon. So if you've never played it, just go ahead and wait and you'll get all three. Uh, since one doesn't really hold up, I guess, as far as mechanics, like it's old and so it just doesn't work as well these days. So I'll, so I said, all right, I'll wait, I'll wait and get all three. And that way I could even play the first one. Um, and well, since apparently it's breaking because the mechanics is just too old, but you does not run on new stuff. If you're, if you're going to update it, you should fix what's broken. Don't just slap a coat of paint on it. Oh, I, I feel like it's a complete kind of like how we've seen with resident evil two and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like they rebuilt the first one and Good. then probably like the third was more of a slap of paint because it's kind of newer and so on and so forth. But yeah, it's supposed to be all completely redone graphics nice and tightened up make things run a little bit smoother better cleaner crisper um so yeah so if you're like me and never played it sounds like this would be uh the time to dive in so you can get to play all three and they'll run well (laughs) all right uh since its release beat saber has now sold over four million copies and it just released in 2018 it's pretty good um and over 40 million songs from different paid music packs so GG Beat Saber, mm-hmm. I have ignored you for almost a year. Probably can't even play the damn game anymore. <laughs> I have never played it on my own. I played it at somebody's. I played it at my daughter's boyfriend's house. Yeah. And it was just like for maybe two or three songs. It was like, That's, yeah, I can see where this is addictive. I was addicted, man. Stupid getting hurt. And now I'm lazy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's see. So we talked about that Apple VR AR headset. I think it was last week um, about, you know, how there's just going to take over, right? It's mm-hmm. going to be bigger, better. 8K displays. Over a dozen cameras apparently now are, are to be on this for the for the tracking. 
Okay. Um, applying both VR and AR applications, eye tracking tech, the whole kit and caboodle and what we talked about last uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And only for about $3,000. Oh, only? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they're reportedly working on a variety of controls even for it from... From the headset eye adjustments to hand tracking or maybe a controller. Uh, but yeah, I don't think this will be in the hands of a common gamer. Because they are definitely, they did focus a lot on like the AR components of this technology too. So I don't think that they're like, I'm going for gamers all in with this tech. But holy balls, man. Yeah. You can get a Garbo Quest for two ninety nine, and it's just it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to deal with Facebook, but that's a whole mm. other topic. Um, I already got my letter about that from them about wanting to upgrade. And I was like, yeah, I guess I just don't have it after 2023. Yeah. Not, oh, well. I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's see here. If you are craving another gaming documentary, mm-hmm. I hear there's another one that you can uh, sink your teeth into uh, here soon. Premiering on March 1st on Crackle. Which I think is what PlayStation's uh, streaming service, so, but you well, gotta yeah, watch Sony's. ads and stuff. I think mm-hmm. Sony's, yeah. Um, now on March first, a new documentary you can watch is called "Playing with Power: The Nintendo Story." So it's written okay. and directed by Jeremy Sneed, um, narrated by Sean Astin. Oh, Hadn't heard that name in a long time. Um, and this series will tackle over a century of Nintendo's history and development over the course of, uh, apparently was being developed over the course of the last four years. Mm-hmm. So they've taken their time um, in getting this done. Uh, so yeah. we'll get some interviews with industry pros, an appearance with Reggie. We're going nice. to see Reggie Phil's coming in. Uh, Phil Spencer's supposed to be in it. Will Heaton. We're Heaton. Uh, so grab some popcorn. Maybe learn something new about Nintendo on March first. Go. I'm just excited to hear Reggie talk again because I, I miss these pauses when we're talking about games <laughs> in the industry. Because now Nintendo is doing it for you, and I am proud to introduce this next game. I feel like I'm there. <laughs> I have a tear. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I think it'll be fun. I would I like to check it fun. out if it's yeah. in depth, because that was one of the issues that we had with, uh, was it High Score? Even though yeah, it was great, yeah. I just Very felt like you could go a little deeper. Yeah. It's like you're just kind of. I'm hoping. If it took you four years to develop, I'm hoping we're going to get some meat and maybe like even someone like you and I might learn something new. Mm-hmm. That's what oh, I'm yeah. hoping. Because uh, like High Score was great, but did it really tell me anything I didn't already know? Well, I haven't mentioned this yet, and I don't want to say too much. Okay. okay. But a little, little tease. little tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, if you like gaming history... Um, wait until the summertime. Oh yeah. Wait until the summertime. That's all I'm gonna say. And I'm talking here. I'm talking here. Wait until the summertime. Some cliffhanger right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. The Resident Evil movie reboot series has a theatrical release date now as well for September third. Keep in mind this might just be a release window. I'm just gonna assume everything's gonna be delayed. But uh, yeah, sure, sure. Apparently, this uh, this reboot's going to follow that new a new universe that is inspired from the Capcom franchise. That might be interesting to watch. I don't know. I haven't found a Resident Evil movie I like so far. Maybe this will be the one. We'll see. 
give me a trailer. Let me kind of make because right. you could tell with the the first one because it was a video game movie and they were scarce back in mm-hmm. what two thousand whenever that movie came yeah, out. I was like, it was just oh, like, yeah, I guess I'll give it a go. Right. But and if you like zombies. You like the franchise. You might have been. You got to stick the landing here. We still haven't seen, and I did make a call, and apparently it failed, that we were going to get a, a Mortal Kombat trailer this week. Yeah. It never happened. So, it's still February, and they said True. February. True, we still got time. So, we've got a few weeks. Um, uh-huh. But I want to see, you're, you're going to have to sell me hard. Like, yeah, sell yeah. me on that, like you, they did with that Godzilla vs. Kong trailer, to where I'm just like, I can't wait. And then you better deliver on that movie because if I got a trailer that good and then the movie is not good, oh, I'm going to be pissed. I Well, I wonder because like if it's doing like the later, maybe mm. they should have waited because I'm telling you, that big vampire chick is taking over, man. People want her to step all over them. It is insane. They it's are in kinky. love with her. Yeah. Dude, I bet you there's already... You know, I'm sure the porn versions of these oh, yeah, have sure, been out there, sure, guys. Sure. You know it for sure. We should have probably mm-hmm. checked to see if like Resident Evil took a bump on Pornhub. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of like shit is that? Oh my god, I didn't even think like about that. that. Should, I can't believe we didn't think about that. I feel like she would have been searched for. All, you know, people have already cosplayed it. Because think, look. Oh god, that's so. Uh, my you know my brain is. went to the wrong spot when you said that because. Sure, it could be like Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine just, oh, we're hunting zombies, but oh my God, we're getting no, it on. I and then Lady Demet, I can't pronounce her name. I think it's, I think it's her. And then, and then Barry's fat ass comes in. And he's like, oh baby, let me get in on that. And then it <laughs> turns into a three way, and you're just like, what the fuck? But how sick would it be that a zombie is involved? Ah, necrophilia. Well, I think, well, she's a vampire, to be fair. But I'm just talking about with the, before oh, she came yeah, along. Yeah, well, people like uh, everything. Yeah, uh, there's always an audience for something. It's gross. Yeah, yeah. Well, each their own. I just don't want to hear about it. Nope. <laughs> Last little quicket, though, I have. Um, if you're ones that are excited and we're looking forward to it, uh, sorry about it. But during an earnings call, Activision Blizzard said it doesn't actually expect Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 to launch this year as previously expected. So if you are looking forward to those iterations, sounds like you might have to wait till at least 2022. My uh, apologies. <laughs> My apologies. Every year that it's going to be the next year or the next year or the next but year. But this year we can hang our hats on the pandemic. And then it's like hard to argue with. We're mm-hmm. all like, all right. Well, not everybody, but most people will be like, all right. But what were you doing before that? That's always my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, but you had all this time. Yeah. I know, whatever. So I have a truth or trash for you. Mm-hmm. Let's give this a shot. You probably already heard about it, too. We've okay. been chatting about this. Kotar, supposedly in the works. We've been having leaks of this, that, or the other. Knights of the Old Republic is in development somewhere, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Especially now that we know EA doesn't have a stronghold on it or won't after a year or so here. Uh, So, rumors abound that we know who is actually on the Kotor remake here. Okay. And the rumor is it's Asper Media. Mostly they focus on Switch and mobile games. But we have hints, apparently, of them having lots of funding where they're making a game and have done mobile 
iterations of this in the past. So Asper Media is who I'm calling right now. What you think are the ones making this game right now? Supposedly got some money to be making some big game. It seems like a gamble. Now, are they are they remaking that game or are they doing some a sequel or? Well, see, everything is kind of like if we're stealing from different leaks that's going on right now, like a bigger, better version of this game steeped in this lore with these stories and stuff that are there. Mm. Like, so kind of a remake of sorts, maybe. If we're to believe the rumors that have been leaked thus right. far, because I know all of this is still very early and we've been wanting a new Kotar for years. Like, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to getting to play this game, hopefully, mm-hmm. because I've right. always heard about it. I think there was a moment years ago, like 10, 20, 15, I don't know. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how old I am sometimes, but <laughs> right. someone had brought over an Xbox and they had the game and they let me play it. And I only got to play like a little fraction. So I barely scratched the surface of the game. And I was like, yeah, this would be kind of cool. But obviously it's not my system, not my game or whatever. So I never got to finish it or play it. And yeah. it was just like, well, I guess this will be a game that I never get to play. So I want to play it. I've always heard great things about it. I'm excited to play it. I feel like the if I'm to believe the leaks and stuff, like it's going to be a new game. It's probably right. just going to be like in that universe, probably expanding on a new story that was already in Knights of the Old Republic, or however. How I, are they writing it? Yeah. I would prefer that they someone remaster it and and polish it up and all that because I have seen the graphics on it and it's a little it's a little rough around the edges yeah. nowadays. Yeah, it's but it's been a while. Yeah, this company. If it helps you, the rumors say they were given 70 mil funding. I don't even think, I don't feel like that it's about funding. I mean, if all they've really done is create mobile versions of these and games. Switch games. I actually, they, they, they do create some. But what have what have they created that would make um, me go? Light Matter was the first game that I knew of, um, mm-hmm. simply because I actually, <laughs> um, one of the people that works for their, um, I guess PR or whatever, I used to deal with back mm-hmm. in Epic. Oh, okay. So, um, so I, I know that they do a lot of it in like the remastered Indigo Prophecy, which is just a game that I like. So it does seem like it is a little bit more of that, but they do produce their own too. Torn is one that you might have heard of. I do feel like I've heard of that. Okay, so I'm going to say trash. Okay. Simply because this is Disney's money. Mm. And I feel like they need a sure thing, not a gamble. And I'm not saying that this company is a gamble. They could be well-equipped and capable to do so, but... I don't feel like they've made a name for themselves to be handed such big reigns. There's a huge shoes to fill. Exactly. So if they're Unless if they they're, know something we don't. If if they're just putting a new coat of paint on it or, or remastering it like Blue Point Games does or something like that, mm-hmm. then maybe that was or just limited runs really good yeah. for that too. Then Fair enough. They can, you know, I'm sure that it's not as much of a gamble. They're just like, well, here, do this and, and just make it look good, but give us that game that everyone loves. Sure. But if they're starting from scratch and they're building on this, I 
feel like they, they need somebody who has a track record of it. Like, if you said Ubisoft was doing that, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Not yeah. that they would, but yeah, sure. I get right. it. Sounds about right. Again, I'm not trying to shit on this company. I don't know enough about them, but from, from what I'm hearing, this seems like a gamble for them to have it. So I'm going to say trash. We're going to say trash. I still feel like it's in development out there with somebody for sure, but mm. we'll see. So time will tell if that 70 mil that is rumored to have gone their way is in fact nice little seed money to get a Kotar game going here. And um, if the, if it did happen, if it is true, then I applaud them for, for making their case and that, being like, look, this is what we can do. Right. Take so. that game, man. Mm-hmm. I do have a little weird news. Okay. I've like filled out a little bit more this week than we used to. Now, KFC is just weird. So uh. this may not be weird news anymore is or just like, just what did KFC this time? So they've been entertaining gamers for a while now, right? You know, mm. they've given us some free-to-play games with VR, even a dating sim with Colonel Sanders. Heck, now we have a Lifetime short movie about about it It was like 50 did you watch that it's like i didn't it's actually only like 15 20 minutes i thought it was going to be a full thing oh my god it's it's great for a laugh but anyway um they had a nice little tease with a mock-up last week that i wouldn't put past them to actually legitimately try to pull off at this point but as we know we've already actually talked about this just a few minutes ago the internet has gone crazy crazy for lady dimitrescu i don't know why i can't say her name whatever big tall vampire lady Uh from resident evil village um, they made a mock-up image for a KFC dating simulator part two, A Tall Order, uh. where we are led to believe in a joking KFC way, I think, of uh, what it would be like to have them two be in a dating game together uh, as, a, as a sequel. So Colonel Sanders dating tall vampire lady, an odd crossover maybe, but, you know, y'all wanted her to step on you. Maybe this mm-hmm. is just what the Colonel ordered. <laughs> just so you know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> The picture is kind of funny, though. Their little mock-up picture. Whoever mm. runs their their PR is doing a good job. I think it's been hilarious. Whether any of this stuff legitimately <laughs> bears fruit, I don't know. But it's entertaining to be along for the ride. And lastly, I have an... I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Let's see if you've heard of this one. I thought it was adorable and cute, and I wanted to bring it up regardless. So, this is a book that I'm going to try to sell to you. And I actually don't know how to sell it to you any better than just to read the description because it was just already so wonderfully put in their own book description. I don't know that I could have expanded on it. And for that alone, I kind of want to throw my money at it, but I don't want to persuade you yet. I don't want to persuade you yet. So have you ever wondered why some video game characters wear trousers and others don't? Or, yeah, or really? pondered the connection between a character's toned muscular derriere and their level of dexterity. Dep- what about the depth of a crack, the jiggle of a cheek? When it comes to video game character designs, one of the most overlooked aspects is the buttocks. Sure, we might appreciate a nice toned butt on a character or a jiggle at a, at a gif or, or farts from time to time. Sure, but how often do we really think about the meaning of a butt? Steven, in this book... In Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, video game critic Laura Kate Dale brings backsides to the foreground, analyzing dozens of posteriors and asking the important question, has Mario let himself go? I don't know. Do Link's small buttocks hold him back? 
When he dies, is Pac-Man eaten by his own caboose? Ah, wedged full of original artwork. In this book, you can learn about the deep dive into why butts are downright integral to the games we play. So crack it open. Have a cheeky look inside some of the most interesting bottoms the world of video games has to offer. Steven, what would you pay for what I learned and things I learned for Mario's butt? Um, I just want to let you know. Probably seen it. I, I follow Laura Kate Dale. Oh, good. On Twitter. <laughs> Well, regardless, this had to be mentioned because it was so cute. It is. It's it's a wonderful book. Uh, I have yet to read it, but things I've seen about it, just even the idea when she was starting to pitch it, it was like, oh god, this is this is insane. But right, I love it. Right, right, right. Uh, so if I get the price right, then that means I had an unfair advantage. If I get it wrong, that means I wasn't paying attention enough. And right, I'm a that's terrible, true. terrible person. So, <laughs> um. I'm gonna say seventeen ninety nine. Seventeen ninety nine, Steven. You actually gotta kick it up a bit. Twenty twenty seven fifty in American dollars. Oh, okay. Nineteen See? some change pounds. I just 1975 got inch pounds. I just got my one and my two off. Yes, you did. Close. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But the the book had a release date coming out here, so that's why I caught it on there, and I thought it was cute. And I there's no way I could have made it. The description itself was enough justice. Oh, I, yeah. I couldn't have made that better. So, uh, yeah, I thought hmm. it was cute. Um, but that's all I have now. Let's see. Kick it over to Stephen for any last thoughts or the headliner, whichever we're no. heading into right now. We're going into the headliner. I'm Ed starting Ryan. to feel like a real journalist. Oh yeah. Not to say that I'm 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 doing journalistic things, but I, doing these here lately, uh, I've been trying to have stories I want to talk about, uh, just notes here and there. And this week was incredibly busy. Um so when it came like I had to sit down and be like, "Look, I have to focus in on this deadlines." ridiculous as it may be it's not like i'm getting paid for this but deadlines i put it in my head and i was like i I have to i have to work on this i have to have something for the show and i put it together and trying to make sure that i had something good and i feel like i did pretty good uh in the the span of time that i gave myself i always learn something new each week and that's what i'm kind of hoping this will be as a as a story where you you learn a little something in fact in writing this, I didn't feel like I did hmm, how to say this. When I get to the end, I just felt like I couldn't cap it off properly. And and I, I wrote what I did. Finding a way to wrap it up. Yeah. Well, I feel like I wrapped it up okay, but it was just like I wanted that, that poignant punch. And I, I felt like I couldn't quite find it and I'm terrible. And maybe it'll come to me as I get to the end. Who knows? We'll see. But okay. anyway. But anyway, uh, trying to think of topics for the show, I began asking myself questions like, you know, what would be worth exploring? You know, what would be a fascinating thing to think of or or to ask? And maybe that's something I can pose to you, and then I'll do the digging so you don't have to. I know you all have Google, but sometimes you can go into deep dives and and learn a lot. Like, you could get a basic answer from a headline, but then there's so much more to it than that. 
And this was a question, there was a question that I asked that led me to this topic today. And we're going to be diving into that question, but honestly, I felt like it became an afterthought to the overall story. Like the question I posed. So I guess Mm -hmm. by the end of it, I will ask you to tell me what do you think, unless I wrote it in here and I forgot. (laughs) What do you think the question was that I asked? Myself, okay. like, what was I trying to find and what this became based on that question? It's like, we're watching the headliner get created as we speak, yeah, y'all. It's amazing. <laughs> so, all right. all right, to start things off with, because I always like asking you this question to see if, if you know someone or something, does the name Silas Warner ring a bell? Names have always my bane. Hmm? Like, I want to say yes, that, like, the name sounds familiar, but I, there's no way I'm going to tell you why or okay. in what capacity. Well, if it doesn't, don't feel bad. Okay. In fact, most people don't, which I kind of feel is a shame. But perhaps after today, a few more people may remember his name and the contributions he made to the video game industry. But to fully understand him, I feel it's best to look back as far as possible. Now, if I said that he was born in 1949, grew up in a stable household with rich, loving parents, uh, then you may wonder how one could grow up without any conflict. You know, seems like the ideal thing, and he just, it would be... It, Doing well. I mean, that's that's not interesting. No, yeah. It's not really that yeah, interesting. Just a comfortable family thing. Yeah. <laughs> but what if I told you instead that his rich, industrialist father... Uh, which could have provided a better life for him in their Chicago home, uh, chose not to, but instead he chose to uh, physically and verbally abuse uh, Silas Warner and his mother Anne, slamming them against walls, cussing them out, and being an outright asshole. In fact, in fact, so much. This guy was such a prick. Uh, Anne, his mother, Silas's mother, stopped the car one day because she was having trouble and realized that he had cut the brake lines to their car. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ew. So That's more interesting, right? Well, it's definitely <laughs> like, what the hell is going on over here? For sure. It's per- it perks you up. Makes oh, yeah. you pay more attention, for sure. Yeah. But luckily, Anne wasn't a pushover. She took the first opportunity she could to run off with her son. And the two made their way to Indiana and found a home. But it wasn't easy going by any stretch. It's not like they took money with them and ran, which I kind of feel like they were uh, owed at that point, being almost well, murdered. It, it, when you've told me the time frame, she probably didn't have access to the money. Yeah, very true. <laughs> they struggled to get by, uh, but Anne was always going to do the right thing by Silas. She she worked hard. She actually went to the uh, University of Indiana or Indiana University. I forgot which one it was. Uh, spent many days and nights working trying to provide she got a, a a degree to be a teacher mm-hmm. while going to the university while trying to, to provide for him uh so you know silas spent many nights alone you know with nobody while she was just trying to keep a roof over his head but during that time he didn't waste it he actually spent that time reading about science and history and and getting a deep understanding of that something we'll come back around to mm-hmm. now in school so, uh, silas was a social outcast uh, he struggled to converse with others. Uh, 
from the sounds of things, probably had social anxiety, which mm. wouldn't have been well, known about at the time. the upbringing, yeah. Not only that, but he was uh, very tall, almost seven feet tall. Oh, damn. And <laughs> extremely overweight, uh, about over 300 pounds. So For that tall, though, do you think that's overweight? But he, he kind of w- wore it a certain way. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I feel uh, like seven feet tall, like, duh, he'd be almost 300 mm-hmm. pounds, but all right. And obviously this made him a target for bullies. Although, although, um, I think Silas had had his fair share and, and enough with bullies, you know, after almost being murdered. Uh, mm-hmm. Even at a young age, I'm sure that stuck with him. So Silas put an end to that fairly quickly after he laid out a bully one day, you know, just Knocked him Done. square out, and it was like, all right, nope, I don't, I don't yeah, think we need okay. to. Fuck so with he's him not anymore. a pushover anymore. Got it. Yeah. Now, while these may seem like common problems for many people, Silas actually um, excelled academically. So it wasn't like he was a social outcast and bad at school. He actually did very well in school. He was like one of the top students. In fact, his intellect was so recognized in school, uh, the teachers nurtured this because they saw his potential and they wanted him to be better his mother even bragged about his perfect sat score which something i couldn't necessarily find verification that he actually had a perfect sat score but for the sake of the story i believe it it sounds good yeah i like it yeah now his ace academic score led him to follow in his mother's footsteps and enroll in indiana university in 1966 where he pursued a physics major However, it was here that Silas discovered computers. At this time, in 1966, computers were not commonplace. There were no yeah, computer yeah. classes. There were no computer programs in colleges or anything like that. People didn't they even were have home the computers. Size of your bedroom. Exactly. But here, he got to see one, and and something about it caught his eye. And it may have been the intricacies and the complexities of their capabilities. Perhaps he was seeing the untapped potential of what could a computer do and what it could be capable of. But whatever it was, Silas was more focused or started to focus more of his time on computers. In fact, by his senior year, he was actually working a contract job for IBM developing analysis analysis software. I can't even talk either. I don't even know what I was going to say. I rub it off on you. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. (laughs) Words are hard. Now, in 1970, after finishing his degree, Silas stayed on at Indiana University as an undergraduate assistant to continue to learn and even kind of teach the knowledge of computers. During his time, Silas was introduced to the Plato computer system, which had been developed by the University of Illinois. This software, if you were unfamiliar with it, which I was, uh, stood for Programmed Logic for Automated or Automatic Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let me try that again. I'm going to go back so Take we two. make sure. Programmed Logic for Automatic Teaching Operations. That's okay. what Plato stood for. And it was initially used for educational purposes as it was meant to be a computer assi- or a computer assisted instruction system. I wrote it. <laughs> However, it became the basis for many commonplace programs we utilize today, such as forums, email, instant messaging, remote screen sharing, multiplayer video games, just to name a few. Mm. How about that? Remember that? Yes. 
Now, Silas latched on to this new... It's time for WB to get a patent. Exactly. Damn it. Uh, (laughs) Silas latched on to this new program and became kind of like the Plato guru. Like, he Mm. knew every little thing it could do, and he just became like the genius at it. Now, in 1976, he took this knowledge... Uh, and applied it elsewhere because it landed him a job in Baltimore where he developed in-house training programs for a company known as Commercial Credit. It was here that Silas met Ed Zaron. Zaron? Zaron? Zaron. He sounds like a that Power sounds Rangers. sounds better. I like the Zaron. Zaron. Ed Zaron and Jim Black. Two yes. men. Oh, so metal. Both are With names. similar passions. <laughs> oh, awesome. yes. Zaron Black, coming soon to a computer near you. (laughs) Now, realizing that there was more that could be done with computers, Mm -hmm. the three had kind of, you know, chit-chatted about this and that and then decided, we're going to team up and and form a company and and do something that had not been or not been done. We're going to see what we can do because we understand computers. So in 1978, they formed... Uh, Muse Software. Now, Zaron had already been developing and dabbling in game programming, so the first game that they released was a game called Tank Wars, and that came out for the Apple II. They followed that with a few other simplistic titles like Maze, Sideshow, and Escape, which the latter is being known for being very, very addictive. So Mm -hmm. much so that it apparently affected productivity at Apple. People weren't doing their work. They were playing <laughs> they weren't escape. Able to work. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Now, as their games became, you know, fairly big sellers, I guess, for the times or what they were, mm-hmm. uh, the company was able to grow. They brought on additional programmers, uh, got a legitimate office space, and soon the idea of developing for additional platforms was being discussed because right now they were just kind of doing it for the Apple II. Obviously, this is at the beginning of the big console boom. But it never hurts to think ahead. You know, we didn't have Nintendos and everything like that. But mm-hmm. Atari was starting to come out. Then you, Coleco and, and television, you know, it was they were right there on the cusp. However, Muse wasn't just focusing on games. Both Silas Warner and Ed Zarin were creating additional programs that would innovate for other companies for generations. Zarin uh, developed a program called Supertext, which was, at the time, the most powerful word processor on the Apple II. And while that's impressive, Silas had separately developed the voice, which allowed users to record their voice and play it back on the Apple II. Now, keep in mind, the Apple II is not the computers we know of today, so that data would be filtered through the computer's sound hardware and it would be degraded but it was still kind of a voice coming out of a computer still pretty cool at the time you know because we didn't hear that right now it was around 1981 where a real spark came about it was said that silas had come across an arcade game in a convenience mart which game i'm not 100 percent sure because i saw two differing reports and i was like you know what i'm just gonna keep it vague okay because I don't know which to believe. Uh, Despite what it was, specifically, one thing was clear. It was a futuristic game with space and robots and lasers and all that shit. You know, just whatever (laughs) was popular at the time. And 
Shooting at aliens. Yeah, and Silas had kind of taken an observation of that, and he was like, you know, we, all the games are robots and space aliens and lasers and pew, 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 and mm-hmm. he just, he was like, we could do something else. You know, there, there's there's a, there's an untapped market here. We could do something else. Soon after having this epiphany, Silas was at home watching TV and the Guns of Navarone was on. And if you're unfamiliar with that, this was a film back, uh, it was made in 1961, had uh, Gregory Peck. And What was the name of the movie? The Guns of Navarone. Hmm. And it was a film about a team of allied saboteurs that must infiltrate an impregnable Nazi-held island and rescue 2,000 trapped British soldiers. This film gave Silas the idea to begin development on a game centered around Nazi Germany. Something that, if you remember, his uh, history studies helped mm-hmm. flesh out. Just think you know where I'm going with this? It didn't flesh out? No, no, no. Because he had that history knowledge. Remember, he studied history as a kid. Right. That helped him flesh it out. I was oh, like, okay. I was like, oh yeah, shit, I I know all about that. I can do this. So within six months, Muse released their most ambitious game, Castle Wolfenstein. Mm. The company had put all of their resources into development, and Silas even added a bit of flair not seen at any game this point. Voice acting. Since Silas was fluent in German. Right. He went to a professional recording studio and laid down some dialogue of German saying, Halt! And Kommen Zeit! I don't... Okay. I, they mean something. I'm trying to make sure that I got my German right. I, I'm sure yes. I didn't give it the... Mm, but... I don't know. I, I, I felt the hate. Okay. Kommen Zeit! <laughs> yeah, Sounds like come inside, but it's not what he's saying. Uh, with, <laughs> with his handy-dandy voice modulating program... Voice acting, digitized, in a game, Mm -hmm. started right here. Nice. All because of Silas Warner. So why is it that no one remembers him or acknowledges this accomplishment? Because that's all video games are today. Right. Voice acting. And and, and if you don't have a game with voice acting, people get pissy. It's like, why aren't aren't the characters in Zelda talking? I don't want to read. Right. And you have to anyway. Yeah, I know. Ah. Uh, Do you know what I just said? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, it may be because, and, and based on what I heard, he kind of wanted it this way. Don't forget, this was a socially awkward individual. Someone who didn't yeah. want to be around people and, and really couldn't carry conversations. So, someone who would not be accustomed to the superstardom that some game designers get today, he would probably really not want. Additionally, his creation of Caffo Wolf and Fine. <laughs> That's what I felt like I was going to say. Having a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Castle Wolfenstein only remained in his possession for six years before Muse went under. After that, its name and assets were picked up by a brokerage firm that eventually sold it to id Software in 1992. Obviously, they in turn created Wolfenstein 3D, which I think more people remember. 
Uh, and then this laid the groundwork for Doom and its numerous knockoffs. And now Bethesda has the franchise, and it has pumped out numerous games under that name, with a total of 11 developed games outside of Muse. It's all pretty impressive when you think about it. Yeah. All because someone was tired of the same old thing. Yep. Something that isn't quite trendy anymore, if you think about it. (laughs) Right. Unfortunately, Silas didn't get to witness all of these iterations because he passed away in 2004 due to declining health. Mm. And while it sounds sad that he was so influential but off-forgotten, his wife Carrie Ann remembers his accomplishments fondly and champions his name and legacy to this day for all to remember. A bittersweet end to his life. Well, hey, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. More work for actors, making games more interesting. And Especially there was, at the time. There was even something else, and it, it may be something I, I touch on again elsewhere. It, it's definitely that. It, it's something that crossed my mind. Those moments, those, those sparks of inspiration. What if that never happened? What if that was removed? Because you think about that. Castle Wolfenstein led to Wolfenstein 3D hypothetically. Right. Let's just say hypothetically. And then, which, Doom, and then so on and so on and so on. So without that game, would those games exist? Granted, they are not the same. Mm -hmm. But would that, that same spark of genius still exist? Because that inspired someone else. Which right. then inspired this, which then inspired that, 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 that chain reaction. Would it still be the same? I don't know. I would think not. One would think, I guess, maybe somebody else would have eventually at some point down the line. But mm-hmm. would it have been in the same way? Exactly. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by that. The what ifs. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. I know, right? That... <laughs> For all I know, we could still be playing text-based RPGs, and that's it. Yep. (laughs) Well, fun. Well, fun. Excellent. Well, I think that's our show today, guys. Thanks for hanging out. You know you can still hit us up sometime on Twitter. Uh, You can find us at SuperMegaCrash. Send an email to SuperMegaCrash at gmail.com. Go on over to Instagram. Follow us there. You can view the weekly icon art Stephen puts his time and love into. Uh, and don't forget, you can support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform. And you can even go to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. Uh, go to pencil and paper podcast network or search up super mega crash brothers turbo. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Pandora, Verbal, Google. I don't know. There's so many now. We're everywhere. If, if, if you if you like a platform, you could probably find us there. So we are everywhere. We got you guys. Everywhere. We got you. Even on YouTube.com forward slash pencil paper productions. Thank you for listening. My name is Lacia Finley. And I und Steven Fight. There you go. <laughs> Join us again next time, Super Mega Crash Siblings. But until then, game on.
This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.